Welcome back to the Gundam Book Club podcast. It's been a while, and at this point, I want to wish everyone happy holidays to those who celebrate. Um, coming up on the end of 2022, and I've been sort of mulling over this for a little bit, but I do have an episode that we can talk about. So, without further ado. Operation Budon Prologue The Principality of Xeon forces led by Lieutenant General Dozel lost three divisions during the Solomon campaign. The Earth Federation forces, however, also suffered significant casualties. Several weeks after the battle, the Earth Federation forces are preparing for a counterattack against the Xeon forces in space as soon as possible, and are hurried to develop Solomon as a launching point so that it can be used to attack Abawaku. However, it was said that the detection system was still inadequate. It is December, Universal Century 0079. A man was reflecting on how he ended up in this present situation. A familiar man to this audience. He started to think to himself, My name is Frederick Von Braun, the group leader of the 66th Assault Mobile Suit Platoon of Xeon. His squad was approached by enemy mobile suits and was attacked by a ramming attack. While he was reminiscing about the recent events, a Xeon officer approached Braun and said, I came to wish you guys luck. Braun thought to himself, Ah, it's Kane. In the lead up to the fall of Solomon, Kane said that the situation in Solomon was becoming dire for Xeon forces. It seems that a large nuclear missile was evacuated to a secret container bay under the orders of Vice Admiral Dozel. The order from above came in to retrieve it safely. The operation was designed and planned using two captured Earth Federation Columbus class transports to sneak mobile suits and mobile armors into Solomon airspace. If the operation was successful, then you'll be promoted by one rank. If you say no, if you say no, however, then you'll have to attack to the death in the defense of Abawaku. Braun thought to himself, "Shit, I can't believe I have to follow this order." Kane continued by saying, "There'll be an additional three Baran-class mobile armors using this mission. Two Stormjagers will be used as diversionary forces while the main force attacks or acquires the nukes discreetly." Braun asked, won't we have any mobile suits? Kane answered saying, you'll have access to the new mobile suit Breda and Gelb. We'll also have a Goblin class mobile suit which is for land use only, but you guys should be able to use it just fine. I wish you good health, Captain Braun. Shit is all he could think. During the prepping of the Braun, one of the pilots said, wow, this is the Braun? It's big. It's like a spaceship, isn't it? 
Well, its fighting power is comparable to that of Battleship, but I think it's more mobile. Since it's this big, let's go to Solomon. Are you telling me to get in? No, this one is used to distract the enemy and for diversionary tactics only. Meanwhile, back in the airspace of Solomon, a Salamis class cruiser, vessel registry number 2511, was on approach to Solomon. Confirmed laser capture Solomon. Check approach angle. Proxy 15 minutes till arrival. Inside the Salamis, the two techs were looking at a prototype mobile suit. So this is the Gundam G3. It's supposed to go to Solomon and then be acquired by the battleship White Base. So this is the rumored Gundam. On the display screen on board the Salamis, two Federation transports were seen approaching Solomon. The transport is not using any communications right now. Detect the Columbus-class transport ship in front of the formation. No response to hails, another officer answered. Deep from the bowels of the transport opened up and its cargo door opened and a sleek mobile armor was deployed. From the depths of the Columbus transport, the Delhi mobile armor emerged. The automated transport was damaged as it emerged. The Baron, flanked by two Storm Jaegers, accelerated towards their target. Target, Solomon. Remember, the goal is to attract as much attention from the enemy. On board the Salamis cruiser, a bridge officer declared that there was a small craft seen from the Columbus and transport. It appeared to be a Xeon mobile armor. Level 1 combat alert. Bronze mobile suit team also approached Solomon. It approached stealthily, of course. Bronze said, already, let's go. One of the Xeon attacking units said that an attack from the Salamis is coming from behind. Bronze said, I don't care. Just pay attention to completing our mission. The Baron accelerates towards Solomon as explosions and flashes of light can be seen. The pilot of one of the Brons said to an approaching GM, Die, you fetty pig. The Baron and the two Sturmjagers accelerate towards, or rather forwards, with part of the means beset in the, the mobile armors. Another GM opened fire on the deadly trio of mobile armors, but to no avail. Storm Jaeger opened fire and an energy blast struck the gym in the midsection, cleaving the unit's head. The Baron attacked and destroyed a Federation cruiser. On the surface of Solomon, the Xeon infiltration unit led by Braun approached. Seven Federation soldiers in normal suits saw the menace in mobile suits approaching. Oh my god, it's a Xeon. Why are they here? Contact headquarters immediately. Braun, meanwhile, found what he was looking for. This is the entrance. Everyone follow my lead. The mobiles descended through the hatch into the depths of Solomon. The bronze, along with the Sturm Jaeger, came under heavy direct fire from the Salamis cruiser. One of the bronze was heavily damaged and the Sturm Jaeger was destroyed. It was at that moment a slow of mobile suit could be seen launching from the cruiser. It became clear that that mobile suit was none other than the Gundam G3. It exchanged fire with the remaining Sturm Jaeger. Braun entered with the mobile suit's team, flanking him. There's a glow emanating from the nearby machinery. It's here. This is it. Braun thought to himself. We finally found what we were looking for in the back of that secret passageway. It must have been mothballed and kept under strict control. Roger, Captain. Gaia, Noah, I leave it up to you. Braun ordered them to retrieve only the warhead. Roger, they answered. The units proceeded further down an access pathway. The exit is nearby, be careful. At the end of the hatch there was a bright light. 
Then there's a rupture of beam weapons. Braun yelled Zoldi as mobiles were destroyed. Braun said that there there were an attack as the G3 came into view. Beam rifle at the ready with his shield. Gaia, Noah, go back. Braun fired at the Gundam, but his right arm was destroyed along with his beam rifle. Braun charged the G3, yelling, damn you. He was able to pin the White Devil and the beam rifle was rendered unable to aim fire at that moment. He got on the cons and told the other units to leave the rest to me and everybody go ahead. Everyone hurry up. He figured that he would delay the G3 to the best of his ability, even if it was a desperate act. One of his wingmen protested. Braun just said, don't worry about me, just go, now. And Braun said to the G3, I won't let you attack them. The G3 was able, to, however, to escape the grasp of Braun's mobile suit. It opened fire with his head-mounted 60mm Vulcan cannons and was able to escape. Braun's unit was damaged and was not able to give chase. Be careful is all you could say to his escaping Xeon allies. The Xeon squad found the exit hatch was able to escape. However, they could not escape the clutches of the White Devil. Braun was in pursuit trying to leave the safe hatchway. He yelled to the G3 to stop. The fleeing Xeon units came under fire from the G3. Meanwhile, the Salamis cruiser and the Braun exchanged fire with each other. These two ships became heavily damaged. Continuing the attack against the enemy mobile armor. All crew members braced for impact. The main thrust of the cruiser came to life as it accelerated headlong to the enemy mobile armor. The Braun slowly disintegrated. A major explosion occurred as a nuclear detonation took place. Braun, however, somehow survived the blast. He got on the ponds and said, This is Braun. Anyone copy? The infiltration was destroyed. Operation has failed. I'm going to retreat from here. Send out a retrieval ship, identification signal, and collect the surviving units. The remaining Serviega and Zeon ship came into view. A handle was deployed, which allowed Braun's damage mobile to dock and was able to escape. Job John, pull up. Roger. Epilogue. The Xeon 66 assault mobile suit platoon led by Captain Braun failed in its attempt to seize the nuclear warhead from Solomon. A few days later, the Xeon's army's final land defense at Abawaku falls to the Earth Federation forces. After that, an end of war agreement was signed between the Xeon forces and Earth Federation forces. It was at the beginning of Universal Century 0080. So this manga was written by Kondo-san back in 1990 and was released in Hobby Japan. It does seem that this podcast covered a lot of Kondo's stories and Frederick Perron in particular of late. Um, this story is set after the fall of Solomon but before the Battle of Abawaku. Unlike a lot of Kondo mangas that have been covered in previous seasons, this manga featured both artwork and practical effects with Gunpla. It actually reminded me of a lot of the work done uh, for Gundam Sentinel. The modeling work was done by Masaru Kamata-san. Uh, he has been featured in other Hobby Japan Gunpla builds back in the 1990s. Unlike previous seasons in the Gunnam Book Club, this story highlights Captain Braun during the One Year War. 
It is also cool to see some Xeon units featured in later manga like the Breta, which is featured in the revival of Xeon. The one issue regarding the Breta, or codenamed PMX-005, is that according to Revival of Xeon, it was derived from the O, which would not fit in the continuity standpoint as the O wasn't created yet. The YPKY-006 Breta appears to be a version, the version rather, featured in this manga. According to the fandom page, Braun would go on to fight at a Bawaku. Also according to the wiki page in Gundam Fandom, Braun started at the beginning of the One Year War as a sergeant. By the end, uh, obviously through his skill and through attrition, uh, he eventually became a captain. It appears that his promotion was just due to, again, attrition of losses during the uh, five subdivides Zion during the One Year War. Uh, in the wiki page, uh, he did proceed to have a distinguished career where he fought alongside the Black Tristars. He also fought against the RX-78-2 Gundam and lived to tell about it. Not many Xeon officers could say that. In this manga, the RX-78-3 Gundam was featured. According to the original Gundam novel, Amore got the G3 as the One Year War was ending. It was never animated in the original continuity. It was however seen in Gundam Build Divers and Gundam Build Fighters Tribe. The pilot of the G3 is never featured in this manga. One that Salamis text offered exposition saying it was meant to go to the white base. So in terms of continuity with the air quotes main timeline of the Universal Century, it is hard to fit in this particular unit and also the development of other units like the Alex or other guns like the G5, G6 or others. The Baron was the focus of the main mobile armor used by Xeon during this operation. It was a modified version of the MA-05 Big Row, which is featured in the original TV series. The MA-05 HD Baron has the following specs and has a solar panel mounted on the front of the mobile arm. Overall height of 32.4 meters, a length of 66.5, maximum weight of 310.6 metric tons, and to weight 200.5 metric tons. Power output was 26,100 kilowatts. Sensor range of 111,000 meters. It had a mega particle cannon, two 4 tube missile launchers, two iron claw arms, and 10 small beam cannons. As an aside, in the last panel of the manga, Captain Braun was picked up by a remaining Braun. He'd asked the pilot who was ostensibly Job John to pull up. I have to admit, I was surprised to hear that name. I was wondering if in this continuity, Job John had defected somehow to the side of Xeon. The other possibility is that this is another character who just so happens to have the same name. As other Gundam podcasts have indicated, gun names are definitely unique. It is not clear, so perhaps Job Job may be a popular name in the Universal Century. As always, please check the show notes in the episode for links and the further information about this manga, or some of the mobile suits and mobile armor featured. Later on, probably in early January, I'll try to put up pictures uh, from some of the artwork featuring the uh, the manga in particular, not just the artwork of Kondo-san, but also the artificial effects that are used uh, for the manga. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gundam Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gundam Sentinel Podcast, 
TikTok at Gun and Book Club Podcast, YouTube or on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Gun of Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever means you listen to this podcast and tell your Gundam loving photographer to check it out. Until next time.